Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Amateur Bartending for Immature People. I'm Shannon. And I'm Greg. And this is a podcast where we're going to be talking, thinking, making, and drinking some delicious cocktails. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shannon, what do we got for today? Well, we have a national holiday. I'm going to call it an international holiday today. Oh yeah, what's that? And that is National Cognac Day. Hooray! Yeah, so... And how are we going to celebrate that? That sounds like right up our alley. Uh, we're going to celebrate that by making some cognac cocktails. That sounds fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I think it should be pretty fun. I think it should be really fun and uh, delicious. I'm going to start with... A cocktail that I've always liked the history of, which I don't know how many people really associate it being with cognac, and that is the French 75. Yes, because you're right. Any French 75 I've had, I, I believe gin is the spirit that they're using in that. So That is correct. That is what it has turned into, but uh-huh. the original recipe was for cognac. Oh. So this has a pretty fun history on the French 75. Um, did you know this went back to World War One? I? I no, I didn't. But it sure now that you say it, it sure sounds right. So a fighter pilot who was of French and U.S. descent, his name was Raoul Loufberry. He was a champagne drinker, as were many people during that time, and he was serving in France. And he, I'm guessing, probably just needed something a little stiffer one day. Um, so he. There was a cocktail that used to be around in France. I would say cocktail. It was just a flavored champagne where they used to put a little sugar and a little lemon into champagne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So he said one day he went to a bar and asked them to add a little cognac to that. And hence, the French 75 was born. Oh, very nice. So that little concoction has lasted a very long time. Um, But the name, do you know what it was named after? Uh, something World War One-y, I imagine. Exactly right. It was named after a French field gun that well, that used, seems about right. That used a seventy-five millimeter caliber shell. Oh, okay. So the joke is, is after he had a, one too many of these the night he made it up. Sure. He said it felt like he had been hit by a French seventy-five. <laughs> oh. Hence the name. Oh French my goodness. Seventy-five. Um, and if you've gone to enough weddings, you might also know what that feels exactly. like afterwards. <laughs> so thanks. You may to, commiserate on that point. That's right. So thanks to World War One, we have something uh, to bring home and uh, enjoy at many occasions. So. And of course, they probably had a lot of champagne and a lot of cognac being in France. Absolutely, they did. Um, eventually, it turned into also being used with gin. And that might be the one that most people are familiar That's with. That's the one I'm familiar with, yeah. You know, I tried both. I made both of these. Um, I took pictures of both in case you want to see what they look like. I made one with the cognac, or I used brandy. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's the same thing, just different. It's not from the cognac region. And we also made one with gin. Um, I liked the one with the cognac in it a little bit better. Um, what did you? How, what was your opinion of this? I two? agree. The cognac one had a had a more there was like a sweet quality to it. But both are really good. Both are really really good. But the cognac one probably just because I hadn't had it before either. It was it was really nice. And the cognac that we have is a VSOP that we bought um, down in Napa, mm-hmm. and it almost had a honey quality to me. Yeah, come through. It was very good. All right, so let's make it. Um, you can either right. choose to use gin or you can choose to use cognac if you want to celebrate with us today. Um, it will be the same amount 
So it's a easy replacement. That's super easy. Then you pick your choice, guys, whatever you got in the cupboard there, whatever you'd like to use. All right, so what do we got to start out with here? Okay, so we're going to get a shaker first. Okay, very good. And uh, you might want to also make sure that you have your measuring device. We certainly do have that really nice delineated measuring cup that I like to use. And this is really pretty in uh, either a coupe or in a sparkling like a wine, champagne flute champagne or something. Flute. Yeah. yeah. So we did it in a champagne flute, which are the ones that I had from when my grandmother was around. So that was fun. Very good. Okay. So in the shaker, we're going to be adding a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Okay. We have that ready right here that goes in. We're going to do a half an ounce of simple syrup. Okay. I've got my pre-made simple syrup right here. It's in there. And we used one ounce of brandy. VSOP brandy. So here comes the brandy. It is in there. Okay. Again, this is where if you have gin and you want to do it with gin, you would put one ounce of gin instead. Direct substitution. Exactly. So you're going to cap that off and you're going to shake that with ice in the shaker. Okay. Um, that's This is the first part of your recipe. Do not put your champagne in yet. Shaking it up here. I'm going to pull out a flute. All right, I'm shaking that. And you probably want to shake that till it's really, really, really cold. So the more you shake it, the colder it's going to get. And make sure your um, your flute can hold this amount of liquid, by the way, because this is going to be four ounces. No, sorry, five ounces. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. Or you just pour a little extra off in a glass and drink that separate if you need to. There you go. One for the chef. <laughs> we got to taste it before you serve it, That's for right. God's sake. So, um, so now you have your first part of the recipe. You're going to pour... You're going to strain into your flute what you just made. So that was the lemon juice, simple syrup, and your brandy. Okay, and I'm going to use that uh, conical wire mesh strainer here to get rid of any of the pulp from the uh, prepared juice that we had there. So here we go. I'm pouring it out of the uh, out of the uh, shaker itself through that into the flute here. So we're going to pour that in. Very nice. Okay. Nice. And then um, we had already opened some champagne. Who, who did, you know, who doesn't have an open bottle of champagne just around the house going, you know? So I imagine you, had, you probably do in the fridge. Or, you know. uh, I would hope so. If I would you hope don't, they you do. should start that we don't, habit. We should, they should start that habit. That's for sure. Um, I like to look down in my basement where we keep our wine and go, we just have way too much sparkling wine and I'm going to drink some of that. So... Uh, that's a that's fun. It's a good problem to have. Now you had a really good hint about how to open a champagne bottle. At right. Home. Yeah. Now you you guys can fast forward here if you already know how to do this. But a lot of people, you know, you see kind of wedging that cork off with two thumbs, aiming it away from themselves, and and the cork shoots somewhere, hits somebody in the head or in the eye. Or I mean, that's fun enough to do outside. And you know, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you lose some wine out of it. Actually, some of it, you know, foams out because you're kind of holding it too tight and it pops. We don't like that. So, if you want the professional way to do it, and you haven't seen or figured out how to do it yet, here's how you do it. You just take and you hold a uh, throw a drip towel over the top of it after you've peeled the little cage off there, and then you're just gonna twist that cork. Just twist it in little like quarter turn increments, and you'll feel it sliding out and getting ready to pop out and just the very last little turn it just pops into your hand and you look like a pro and it sounds so that's my favorite sound i think that celebratory poop of a champagne cork right and since the towel's over the top it's not going to shoot all over the room it's not going to blow your finger off or anything like that you, you don't I, have to I, take your pulling, friend to the hospital you don't take your friend to the hospital you're not pulling the cork at all you're just simply twisting 
Just twist, and the pressure inside the bottle will do the work for you. And then, you know, it also helps you if you held it over the sink, too, just in case it would foam out. But generally, at that point, it doesn't. So there's your pro tip for today. And also, we're calling it champagne, which is accurate if you are buying a true champagne, which is coming from France. A sparkling wine from the Champagne region of France. Exactly. Um, But you can get sparkling wine from many different places in the world, and it is made the same. Exactly. So don't be put off by something saying sparkling wine as opposed to champagne. Yeah, because it's going to be the same stuff. It's going to be the same stuff. And and Chan, we talked earlier on, uh, so the process of making a sparkling wine, they're pretty much, it's winemaking. And then at the end, yeast and sugar to provide the actual extra carbonation, correct? Right, like in a second fermentation. Just if you've ever that, made... That's in the bottle, correct? They're doing that yeah, secondary they fermentation do it. in um, the bottle. If you're ever interested, uh, go and look up how they make champagne because it is a different process. Like they do hang things upside down and put it in riddling racks. And so the yeast can oh, that's fun. set out towards the front of the bottle instead of on the bottom. And then they can clean it out. So it'll be that nice clean liquid as opposed. Anyway, so it's really interesting. And I highly recommend either visiting somewhere that makes it, which that's the best way to learn, um, or just looking online. It's pretty fun. Uh did you also know that uh, there's a couple of different kinds of varietals of commonly used grapes for champagne? I'm certain there is, but I, I don't wine. know which ones they are. Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are the most common of the grapes that are used. But of course, you can it, they can be blended. Anything can be blended into it. Um, there's many different ways to make it. So, uh, yeah, little little champagne. Champagne, facts champagne facts. today, and kind of the same thing for cognac slash brandy, right? Um, for the different regions. For the yeah. different regions. Uh, brandy is basically cognac. It's not from the cognac region of France. That's exactly right. Like I said, we got our brandy from um, down in Napa. Uh, they make it all over. Anywhere they grow grapes, they're making brandy. So um, so you're in luck, wine drinkers. But cognac is a specific region in France. And again, it's a EU rule um, for that region. So. Absolutely. So don't be afraid. So hopefully that maybe is your second and third learning point for tonight. <laughs> All right, let's finish our drink. So we're going to take that easily open champagne bottle that Greg just opened. Uh-huh. Um, and you're going to throw, throw, pour uh, the rest basically up to the top of your glass. Just where it looks right. Just pour up to where it looks right in your glass. I mean, so, it's about three ounces of champagne. So just as a reminder, we just did um, lemon juice, simple syrup, and brandy shaken in the shaker. Put it in your glass, and then we've topped it up with the champagne. And your garnish on this is fun. You can do, if you have the right kind of peeler, a long, thin strip of lemon peel is a traditional garnish for... Or go ahead and just knife one off and then cut it nice and thin and throw it in there. And twist it over the top mm-hmm. and throw it in your glass. So that is a French 75. And it looks nice in the glass. It's bubbly. It's kind of a straw-colored. I mean, a little opaque, but it's a nice and bubbly and nice effervescent. It looks really light and delicious and with that little lemon string in there it looks really inviting should we give this a try should go ahead and you know when we've had these has been um cheers to you has been brunch or weddings or uh the first drink of a party is really fun um new year's you Mm -hmm. know there's it's a pretty celebratory drink but i also would not discourage you just from making it because it's delicious it is good it's very good it's Definitely, you get that sweet out of the simple uh, syrup that's in there. You get that sweet, but then you're getting kind of that tart, dry of the bubbles at the same time. And then, you know, a little 
little bit of a oaky hint from that brandy that kind of comes almost turns into like a honey when mixed with that sweet and the dry of the bubbles. It's it's really good. Again, you can. I also saw a recipe for French seventy five where they replaced it with rum. I'm assuming that'd be a white rum. I don't know because I haven't tried that one. I've got to be honest. Mm, but we could try both. Yeah, I mean, we tried today gin and brandy just because we wanted to see. We didn't want to give you guys a bad recipe. We wanted to stay true to the original if possible. But if we didn't like it, we weren't going to tell you about it. But I really liked it. So give yeah, it a the try. Bran- the brandy kind of rounds up the flavor, kind of like. Uh, makes it a little more round flavor than the uh, the gin. The gin is still very, very good and very refreshing, but I think the brandy adds a little, you know, like a uh, little bit of a wood, little honey, a little, little bit more of a quality that direction. The gin we used for this, by the way, um, was a London Dry, so we used Tanqueray, mm-hmm. uh, just as a, a side note. Um, to me, the one with the gin, I could taste more of the champagne flavor um, because it's a cleaner alcohol. Right. I, th- I agree the- with you. But the one with the brandy, I like that a little it bit. It mixed of an a little oak. more, and it mixed a little more. I thought the flavors mixed a tiny bit more. Yeah, I I, I preferred the brandy one, not just because we wanted to do a theme, but I I did prefer it. I like it because <laughs> the original that is the original uh, design of it, and it it just tastes good. I'll probably make mine from now now on like that. That's the thing with these. When I start doing the history, then I'm always like, I want to try what it originally tasted like. Sure. Um. That may be purist, but I think it's interesting to find out like what the original one was. And then as you try other versions of it, you can say, oh, it's different because X, Y, and Z. Um, and you can kind of put your own spin on it, too. And I mean, that's what we encourage everybody to do. And it, obviously, bartenders from the past have done the same thing. They've come out of, you know, maybe this, and they didn't have, uh, you know, cognac or brandy available. And they're like, we've got all this gin around. Let's just try it. I, that's probably exactly what, it, sure was. what it was, or yeah. or maybe you know the soldiers went home and gin was pretty prevalent in England, so maybe somebody in England or Scotland was like, oh, I'm just going to put this in there instead. Sure, and it was good too. So who's who's? It's just personal taste then preference. The party whatever was, you the have, the party was on at that point. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> no, I really I really like that. I really like the drink. Don't be afraid to try this when you see this when you're out. It's 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 a good drink. Yes, do it. And drink it. don't feel like you're getting a drink that's not manly because it was a goddamn fighter pilot that invented it. It was. It was a fighter pilot. You don't get tougher than and that. And it's named after And named artillery. after a gun. <laughs> it's named after a gun and a fire. And a fighter pilot made it up. So it's, it's not a, pretty it, badass. Yeah. It ain't no girly drink. No, it's no girly drink. It is a badass drink. <laughs> it's a soldier drink. It's a soldiering drink. It's a soldiering drink, son. Drink up. Pip, pip. So on the soldiering drink idea and Mm -hmm. the cognac theme Mm -hmm. um cognac day yes i have talked about this a couple times and we haven't made this on the program but i thought our next one could be the sidecar fantastic classic classic drink and i got really excited because i had known a little bit about the history of this and then i found out about where it had actually been created and I got even more excited. I can't wait to hear this. And I, I want to hear this. I was yelling out to you yesterday, I'm going to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, if, if you're going, I'm going too. <laughs> We're going to Paris. Hooray. Hooray. Um, anyway, so I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Sidecar while we finished this drink that we're working on. Fabulous. And uh, we'll get into the history on this one. So where I had started my original research was just 
why is it called a sidecar? Sure. Right? Sure. And um, I'm going to tell you briefly what's in this drink, and then we'll make it in a little bit. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's go with the ingredients and then kind of the history. Because I want it actually is relevant. So um, cognac, contro, lemon juice. Um, and it has a sugar rim and an orange twist. It's pretty simple. And Contro is that orange liqueur in the square bottle, kind of a uh, amber-colored square bottle. That's right. Or you could use probably any other any kind orange of liqueur. Any orange liqueur probably would work. We've got the Contro. So I, I knew what was in a sidecar, and I wanted to know why it was called a sidecar. So it was called a sidecar because, again, World War One. Okay. Um, an army captain had a favorite bar in Paris. And he was, because he was a captain, he was always kind of chauffeured around in the sidecar. Of a so, motorcycle. Of a motorcycle. Ah, okay. I see where this is going. You know, it's easier to get around the wreckage and all that kind of sure stuff. Sure it is. So, and you got somebody driving you around. Yeah. Where you're uh, getting loaded on sidecars. Designated side driver, it's right? the original designated driver. So he had a favorite Parisian bar because he was stationed um, in Paris. Of course. And the bartender of the establishment, you got to know him. And one day that captain had a really bad cold. Uh-oh. And he was just miserable, and, but that didn't keep him out of the bar. So he, As it wouldn't. So he went and he was talking to, talking to the bartender. Ah, I'm not feeling so good. I got this cold. And the bartender was like, you know, let me make you up a little something. So, Monsieur. Monsieur. Oh, Monsieur. So he was like, "Well, I've got this cognac. That'll that would be good. It'll probably clear your clear your sinuses. A contro oh, yeah. will probably ease your throat a little bit. Oh yeah, kind of like a little medicinal quality. Yeah, yeah. the lemon juice also. You know, oh, yeah, good, yeah. Kinda, it's like kind of cut through that mucus. Or yes, whatever. exactly. <laughs> he made him up mucus. this. Yeah, he made him up this this drink. So he mixed it all together, and uh, hence the sidecar was born. Uh-huh. I'm named after or for the captain who sidecar riding captain rode around in the sidecar. Well, that makes sense. Um, except for I started to look into the history of the drink. Okay. And the origin is a little controversial. So there's the sidecar captain military World War 1 story. What uh, what else well, do we got? Well, they know that the sidecar had originated at, oh, okay. at a bar. Okay. So I had gone deep diving down into like, well, I wonder what the bar's name is, right? I found, sure. I found on Wikipedia and on a couple different sources that the bar's name was Harry's New York Bar in Paris. We've heard that name before, haven't we? This bar has been open since 1911. Oh wow! It was only open three years before World War One. Oh, and it was started by a. Famous at the time, um, jockey, like horse jockey, horse jockey, <laughs> like a horse jockey person. Okay, he got was, it. He got was it. a former American star jockey, and okay. his name was Todd Sloan. Okay. Now you're wondering why is it called Harry's New York Bar? I, I'm wondering. And may, is that his middle name? Um, Harry, I have no idea, but he hired. <laughs> here's what it, it could be. He it hired. Could be. He hired a barman, and that barman was from Dundee, Scotland, and okay. his name was was Harry. Oh, okay, the and bar And Harry manager. ran the place, even okay. though he wasn't the owner. Well, over time, um, this bar did really well, and Todd was super popular. Um, just happened to be all these people started getting stationed from the U.S. in okay. Paris during World War II, and so he actually... Lived a pretty lavish lifestyle. So Todd's living high on the hog. Yeah. Harry's running the place. Over time. I mean, the bar had been around forever. Okay. Um. So, but 
Todd uh, lived a very upscale life uh, that maybe he couldn't really Probably afford. Probably pretty easy to do in Paris with the ladies and the <laughs> clubs and the et cetera, et cetera. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Probably pretty easy to do. He overspent. And as as one dead. might. As one so might. So he eventually did sell the bar to the former barman, Harry. Oh, okay. So it truly was Harry's New York bar. Fantastic. And it be it was a really famous bar. The um three main famous cocktails that came from Harry's okay. originated at Harry's All with right. a sidecar. Sidecar, we got that one. So yeah. Harry was the man who made the cocktail for, for the, the captain. sidecar captain. Okay. And then also Bloody Mary. Really? Came from there. Really? Okay. The recipe for the Bloody Mary came from there. And there's also another really famous cocktail we haven't made for you guys yet, or you might not have heard of, but it's called the White Lady. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. those three, and those have all stood the test of time. Sure. I think I see those on menus all the time. So I think that was really interesting that Harry's New York Bar in Paris um, was famous for expats and international celebrities coming in. Now here's the big question. Is that bar still standing and operating? It is. It stayed in his family. It stayed in Harry's family. <laughs> Harry's in Paris. Fly us out there. Harry we unfortunately died in 1958, but his son Andrew took over and ran it until 1989. And then Andrew's son, Duncan, took it over and ran it until his death in 1998. Oh, my God. And then his widow, Isabel, took it over, and she's the current one who's running the bar. Isabel contact us <laughs> bring us to paris bring us to your bar <laughs> so that's exciting it's fun that it had a long history and it has a it had a long family history that's too. really cool and responsible for some of the most famous cocktails and most popular cocktails known i bet that's pretty uncommon for one place to have generated like three of kind of like very well known i mean come on bloody mary that's a you know. You show me a place that doesn't serve a bloody no Mary. No kidding, exactly. That's that's a big one. Fun. I thought this that was really amazing. fun. I got so into this story. Um, so Harry's, uh, a lot of famous people had gone there. Mm-hmm. Um, among some of the most famous, Sinclair Lewis. Okay. Ernest Hemingway. Of course. Um, Coco Chanel. Uh-huh. Jack Dempsey. Really. Yeah, Rita Hayworth, Humphrey Bogart. And going, I've got a couple like throwbacks here because of the Ernst Hemingway one, but also Ian Fleming in A View to the Kill, James Bond, Ooh. talks about his visit to Harry's bar at the age, at James Bond's age of 16. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So there's another throwback. So yeah, very, very fun story. I was excited to kind of go down that rabbit hole. That's really and cool. I really loved it. I can't wait. Oh, the controversy. Do I hear the controversy? I want to hear the controversy, yeah. So the origin of the sidecar was a little controversial because the Brandy Crusta, which is another cocktail, has kind of similar um, ingredients. There's just one or two extra ingredients Uh in it. And that had originated in New Orleans in 1862. Okay. So... It could have been the original inspiration for the sidecar, um, which we'll never know. But it could have been because there was an expat who owned the bar. Sure. It was also an American captain who was there. So there could have been some inspiration right. um, for that from that other cocktail. But either way, it's a fun story. And uh, 
the sidecar continues to be a popular cocktail to these days. Fantastic. And now I have finished my French 75, so let's make it. All right. How do we, uh, where do we start here? Obviously, we're going to put, uh, we're, are we going to stir or are we going to shake? And we're going to shake this. All right. We're going to put a little ice in the uh, shake mixer or the shaker. That's right. And this one is going to get a sugar rim on it. So while okay. I'm going to give you the ingredients, but while you do that, I'm going to put a little bit of fine sugar on a plate. Okay. And um, wet my rim of my glass and roll my glass rim onto the sugar so you have a sugar rim exactly. on, the, on it. And I'm sure you may have seen your bartenders do this. Easy way to do it at home. Take yourself a dish towel, get it wet, wring it out, lay it down completely flat, turn your glass, invert it on the top, just twist it around. You're going to have more than enough wetness to hold on more than enough sugar. You don't want to really like layer it on there. You want that real thin, beautiful, thin line of sugar on there. My other tip on that, that's a great way to do it, Greg. Mm -hmm. Another way to do it is um, because I squoze my lemons. Um, oh, I like to turn the lemon yeah. a little bit inside out yeah, and then rub that on the rim of the glass. That way you have a little bit of lemon juice holding your holding your sugar Okay, on. everybody, do that instead. It's that's fun. amazing. If it's available. If not, yeah. you know, the way that Greg talked about it was perfectly good, sure. too. So. All right, what are we putting in here? Okay, I'm putting rim on the on our glasses, and okay. here's what goes into our sidecar. So we're going to do one and a half ounce. You already have ice in the mm -hmm. shaker. Ice is ready. Um, you're going to do one and a half ounces of cognac okay. or brandy. Our uh, brandy is going in there. There it is. Can we use the VSOP brandy mm -hmm. for that? Um, of course, the nicer brandy, you, the nicer version of a brandy you use, the better it will be. So Absolutely. don't be afraid. But you can use whatever you have. Yep. We're going to do three quarters of an ounce of Contro, orange liqueur. Okay, I'm going to get that Contro out here. All right, three quarters. Here we go. That's in. I'm going to say we end up using quite a bit of Contro in different cocktail recipes. If you don't own it, just go buy it. You'll use it. I'm not, not even kidding. An easy thing to pick up at... Uh, your total wine or whatever, they've got it. And then we're doing uh, three quarters of an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Got that prepared here. Was it three quarters of an ounce? Three quarters. All right, three quarters are in there. Okay, go ahead and shake that up. And I've right. got the rim on our glass. Give that some shaking here. I was going to shake it longer than that, but um, we, we make it short so you don't have to you, listen to so it. So you don't have to hear all that. I'm also going to... Peel a little bit of an orange peel for a garnish on this. All right, you got your coops ready. I there? do. Just pour really careful not to ruin your rim, so don't exactly. drip. Don't drip into it. Oh yeah, look at that. That looks really great. Very nice. Very nice. Those look fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I have these little, I have these little spears. Mm -hmm. um, they're like little metal spears for your cocktails, and I think it's really fun if you can get kind of a long ribbon peeled of your orange peel. Thomas, make it look like a ribbon candy and mm -hmm. pierce that. Mm -hmm. That's you, a, I can see the one you got in your hands. It's, it's beautiful. It's super easy to do, and it's really – I actually cut my um, orange peel so it's nice and straight. It looks like ribbon candy to me. It does. It looks nice. And it's really attractive. So Now, is that featured in your picture that you're going to have for this yeah, particular so, episode? Yeah, so I decided to show you how to – how easy it is to make that. So if you guys want to check that out, of course, that's going to be on Instagram. Let's try these things. They look delicious. Yeah, look at that. looks really good. Oh, All I right. need some fancy coops on this. Cheers. Um, because I want it to look French. All right. What do you think? How did mm. Harry's bar do? Mm, that's really good. Ah, Definitely the sugar, oh, gets you, oh, good. the sugar gives you that immediate hit of... Uh, 
like super sweet. Mm-hmm. But then it's followed by kind of a very lemon forward remainder of the drink. But it all blends really well. It's really well balanced. I mean, between that sugar and that bitter. Or sweet, or the sweet and the sour, I guess, right? It's yeah, really well balanced. Yeah, I think the only sweet part of a sidecar is the sugar rim and contro. Contro, yeah. And so they kind of complement each other. Yeah, and everything else, the lemon juice and the cognac are a little... More astringent. Yeah. Type and of taste. And it sure blends well. It's one of my... You know, it's a go-to drink that I've had, and um, most people, because it is kind of that sweet, and you're kind of ready for that sweet, they really can't mess it up too much, so... Yeah, it's good. It's a go-to if you don't really, if you're at a place and you just want something and you don't want to mess it up. <laughs> this is a really, sidecar. it's a well-balanced recipe too. Yeah, you've made this really well. This yeah. is great. I really enjoyed this and I had so much fun looking into Harry's New York bar. So the next time you're in Paris, go get the original Sidecar, Bloody Mary, and White Lady. That would be, you go there for brunch and you could have, or go there for breakfast and you could have your Bloody Mary. Then you go f- back for lunch and have the, uh, Sidecar, and then I'm you assuming get, in France you can have a brunch. I mean, you might be able to have it anytime you want. I don't know. Exactly. I've, I've never tried brunch in France, but it's something I'm willing willing to give. I'm it willing to, go. to be proven wrong that you cannot have brunch in France. I'm willing to try that <laughs> and see that you can't do it. Shannon, I know we alluded vaguely to the fact that folks can see pictures of. Now, did you have a picture of the cognac and the brandy versions of the French 75? I did. I don't know if I like both of them, so I might. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to show both pictures. You will see at least one picture of a French 75, either using cognac or brandy, or excuse me, uh, cognac or gin. And you were going to see a picture of a uh, wonderful uh, sidecar, Shan. And that one turned out really good, so I'm I'm super excited to show. So guys, get over there and see it. So Shan, (laughs) give them that. uh, Give them that. the name of the Instagram account so they can head over there. Okay, you can find all of our recipes and photos on Instagram at amateur bartending for the number four immature. So please follow us on there. Absolutely. Get over there, guys. And there's, you know, like Shannon alluded to, it's going to be the pictures and recipes from this episode as well as other episodes, as well as bonus pictures and recipes from well beyond the scope of our episodes. And obviously, you're listening to our podcast now, but you can find our podcast on iTunes and Google Play and anywhere that you can find podcasts at this point, I think. Exactly. And if you want to make sure that you're helping us out, as Shan said, make sure to go ahead and uh, follow us on the uh, Instagram and uh, sign up with us on the podcast site of your choice to get a subscription to our site. That's right. You know, I would love, I know it's really difficult anymore to, um, on your phone to leave ratings of our podcast sure. on the apps and it stuff. Is. But if you have a chance, we would really appreciate you going on and rating our podcast on either Apple or Google. Yes, so. please. I mean, we're getting lots of downloads and uh, we'd sure love to see some comments along those lines. We've had a few, you know, comments that are really helping us boost along here, but You know, anything you guys can direct our direction as far as improvements we can make or things you like or just, you know, say keep going. You know, that's the sort of thing we love to hear. And from the people we've already heard from, thank you very much. And your support just means the world to us. Shan, this has been a great episode. I enjoy both these drinks. Happy Cognac Day. And a happy Cognac Day to everyone. Cheers. Cheers.